Good morning. Good morning. In Christ alone, the goodness of God. Man, what two great songs to be singing today on the last day of the year. Because he is. You know, it's always nice to get encouragement before you stand before people and preach. And Brother Andrew, who spoke just a minute ago, walked over to me and sat down beside of me and said, Bentley, I hear you preaching today. Don't mess up. It's important. Thank you, Brother Andrew, for the encouragement. You know, I remember not long ago, uh, Brother Crash Warner was speaking, and I was, he shared with me a brief little tidbit of encouragement. He said, you know, my wife will look at me and go, are you ready? And he'll say, the Lord's ready. You know. And I pray that the Lord will use me today to share a message with you of hope and peace. You know, just want to share something that happened this week that was kind of fun for my family. We had dinner with the inner family, Mike, Vicki, and their daughter Jackie. And we played a game, a family feud between the two families. And let me say that their daughter is a vicious young lady. She is a sweet, lovely young lady, but she really gets into, into playing games. And uh, but we had a wonderful time in the Lord that night and just uh, last Friday night and just wonderful time of fellowship with, with believers. And it was wonderful to be with them. And if you keep her in your prayers today as she travels back to Texas, keep Jackie in your prayers. But it's today as I share with you, this has been on my heart for some time. In the last five years or more, the country has been through a tremendous struggle. You may have been through struggles. And it's tough to rest in those struggles. And I hope today to share with you who you can rest in. In the last few years, we've had pandemics and we've had the vaccines, and we've had to see the country go into turmoil, and friends turn against friends, family turn against family. The word being attacked on a daily basis, the church being attacked. We've seen our loved ones, friends leave us. In the last few weeks, my wife and I experienced at least five or six of our friends and family members that have gone on to be with the Lord. It's tough times. We've got many friends that are struggling with all types of illnesses. And those burdens on us at times can be so overwhelming. How do we handle that? I mean, the stresses and strains of life seem to be getting worse and worse and worse. And we have to realize where we get our strength from. And that's the Word of God. There's only one place you can get that strength, and that's from the Word of God. You get that grace and peace from the Word. It comes from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. No other. There's no other religion out there. There's no other living God by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. No other. We serve the only risen Savior. 
And we know this by his word. And what is the word of God? It is a sword that we can dig into every single day and prepare ourselves. That sword is an offensive sword and a defensive sword. And we're to use this word of God. In John chapter 1, Scripture reading, verse 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend. The darkness does not comprehend us, us believers. It amazes me when you look at the Word of God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth in Genesis 1-1. Ken Ham just recently did a thing I watched on YouTube. YouTube can be an amazing device to use. Where he laid out Genesis chapters 1-11. through It talks about the creation, the famine, the fall of man, the wickedness of man, the judgment, the flood, Noah's deliverance, the promise of Noah, his descendants, the languages, and the people groups. And if we don't believe Genesis 1 through 11, the rest of the Bible is just, I guess, good literature. Because Genesis 1 through 11 tells us where we come from. Who we are as a people. What we can rest in. In this world. Genesis 1 through 11. Is the foundation of everything. And what amazes me about the Bible. As you dig into it. How the Old Testament and the New Testament. Confirms one another. You can lead a person to Jesus Christ with the Old Testament, and you can lead someone to Jesus Christ with the New Testament. It's all there. It's amazing. The first inkling that we know about Jesus Christ is coming someday. Is in... um, Lost my place for a second there, I'm sorry. Um, He tells us that there will be enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of Satan, the seed of the serpent, and that he's going to crush the head Of the serpent, and his gun, the serpent is going to bruise the heel of the seeds. And who is this seed that's coming from this woman? That seed is Jesus Christ. Because certainly you and I cannot crush the head of Satan. But it wasn't going to be easy for Christ. Because he was going to come down to this earth. The flesh, the word would become flesh and be among his people. The word would become flesh. And someday he would come 
And he would come to this earth and he would die on a cross for our salvation. He would die on a cross so that you and I could have eternal life and victory. And Christ alone, as the song said, the goodness to Christ, the goodness of God. He already foretold a provision for you and I that he was going to send a Savior. He was going to send a Savior. And that Savior would be who we could rest in. Because I don't know about you, I, I can't rest in my own peace. It doesn't exist. Only peace I get is from my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. None other can I rest in. I can't rest in the world's peace. doesn't exist, really. You know, a friend of mine shared with me, godly brother, he was, we were talking about how it seems like so many people in this world have it all. And yet, they're some of the most godless people on the earth. But they seem to have it all. And he said, you know, Bentley, it's my belief that that's God's provision for them. Because that's all of the joy that they're ever going to have. Because they've already thrown away the one joy that leads them to salvation. And it's God's provision that they have joy now because they won't have joy later. And I don't know if that's God's grace on them or not, but it kind of made me wonder, is that true? Is God giving them their joy now because there will be none later? Because all of us that rest our peace and rest in Jesus Christ, I don't care what you're going through in life, and many have gone through some troubled times in life. I'm a very fortunate, fortunate man. I grew up in a wonderful community. I have wonderful mother and father. I have wonderful mother and father-in-law. I've got two wonderful boys. I have wonderful family, friends, neighbors. I'm just, I'm just blessed beyond belief. And sometimes when the troubles of the world hit us, we forget the blessings that God has bestowed upon us. We forget all that's so wonderful around us. And we keep looking, I can do this myself. I can get me out of this mess. You can't. Until you lean upon the Word of God. Until you lean upon the Word of God. Familiar verse, Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. Come to me, all you are heavy, all you who, who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And I think the key phrase in that whole verse, Scripture right there, learn from me. Who is me? The Word who became flesh. Jesus is telling us, I'll see you through. He's not promising that you won't go through tough times. 
But what he's promising you, he is there for you in those tough times. He is there for you to guide you, to lift you up when nothing else can. You know, got a close friend of mine that's here today. We've known each other probably all our lives. She's been battling cancer. And let me tell you right now, today, she stands free of cancer. But she stirred on the Word of God. She stirred on the Word of God. Her name is Amy Janney. She stood on the Word of God. Every time I talked to her or her husband, they stood on the Word of Jesus Christ. I know that doesn't always go well. I also lost a friend recently that didn't. She battled for seven years. Went to her funeral yesterday. In her last few weeks and months on this earth, she went through the doors of her church and taught Sunday school, even though she was in tremendous pain. She wanted to be there to teach the kids who to rest their faith in. Who to rest their faith in. You know, I got a wonderful story. I share this story wherever I go. We just recently lost my uncle, Roger Cobb, my mom's brother. And the day that he went home to be with the Lord, um, my cousin Roger and his brother Ronald went to be there. And they didn't get there in time. But they sit up in the room and they talked for about an hour just with one another. Because they had spent the last two weeks, basically, visiting with their dad in the hospital and thought he was going to make it. But the nurse walked in. And she said, I just wanted to share something with y'all. She said, we were working with your dad to keep him with us because we knew he had no resuscitation. He didn't want to be revived once he passed. But we were fighting to keep him with us. And I want to share with you, just before your dad passed away, this big glorious smile filled his face. And then he was gone. Man, that's an amen moment right there. And my cousin said, you know, if Bentley, if you'd have told me he'd die, my dad would have died and I would have been, my day would have been made. That made my dad. I knew my dad loved the Lord. I knew he was going to heaven. But to hear about that big, beautiful smile. Man, I'm going to rest in that the rest of my life to know that my dad smiled when he left this old world. And a backstory to that, some almost 80 years ago, his little, my Uncle Roger's brother, who was about nine or ten years old, had been sick. And my grandfather Cobb and my grandma Cobb were in there by his bedside. I think the doctors were in there and other people were in the room. As the, as the moments clicked by and he was slowly leaving this world. My grandpa did not know this story until my Uncle Roger died. All of a sudden, the ceiling lit up. And my grandpa is a godly man, and I knew he wouldn't have told this if it wasn't true. The ceiling lit up in the room. And he said, my little boy reached out his arms. As if to hug someone. And then he was gone. And I thought to myself, when my Uncle Roger died, you know, 
he hadn't seen his brother in about almost 80 years. And I just, you know, I don't know who you see first when you get to heaven. You know, I know we see the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And what we want to hear is that word, good and faithful servant. But I believe my uncle saw his brother for the first time in over 80 years, and they rejoiced. What do we lean and we rest on as believers? What do we lean and we rest on? Jesus, just before he was to leave this world and ascend into heaven, he shared with his disciples, John 14, 27. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And what he's telling us is the world can't give you the peace that he can give. The peace that the word of God can give. We have a foundation that's just incredible. The word of God is being proven every day more and more to be true. That there is a God he came to this earth and he died on a cross to save you and me from, from our sins. And we're to rest in that. I don't know how people who do not believe in Jesus Christ rest. You know, I think to myself and I worry about the believers that are in churches all over America and all over the world that come to church every single Sunday. And they're not standing on the word of God. It's either they're, they don't believe the word of God or they don't understand the word of God. And if you don't believe it, if you don't understand it, the reason is because you don't read it. You don't look into it. And I pray that as we go into this next year, that we will all spend more time in the word of God. So we can rest in his promises. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ does not want to lose a single one. But we know the scriptures tell us. More will not, more will not receive his gracious gift than will receive it. And that ought to wrench everyone in here's heart today that know that more people will not see heaven than will see it. But it's not because God doesn't want it. It's because we've lacked the desire to seek his face on a daily basis. We lack the desire as believers to dig into his word and understand his word. You know, John 16, 33, one of my favorite verses. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You know, I got people that, well, you know, Satan rules this world. I beg to differ. Satan's been turned loose on this world. Satan can't rule what he didn't create. He cannot rule what he didn't create. And the only thing Satan creates 
is misery. That's the only thing he creates. He creates nothing good. Nothing good. We are to be of good cheer. We are to understand that we serve the one and only risen Savior. And his word is true. You know, just recently there's a gentleman that wrote a book called Traced. They can now trace through DNA. This has got to be driving scientists crazy. The world. They can now trace every human being to Noah. It's got to drive them nuts. Because Noah loved God. Got to drive them crazy. You can, you can call them and, and send in your DNA. And they can tell you whether you came from Ham, Sham, or Jephthah. They can tell you which one you came from. It's got to be driving them crazy. Because that means some of, somebody else might get saved. No, Jesus. The world is turning against the church. And I know these things must for, happen. We, ought, we need to realize that these things are going to occur. Bad things are going to continue to happen because Satan knows his time is short. And he's fighting with everything he can to the very last minute to destroy and steal from everyone. But if you put your rest and peace in Jesus Christ and you know who to lean upon and who to learn from, that's why it's so important for you to, cook, to spend time with in the Word of God, but to spend time with other believers. You know, I thank God for this church and its missions program and, it, and, and people like Andrew who are reaching thousands of people all around the world. But it's funny to me that now more missionaries are being sent to this country to save us. And we used to be the great sending thing. And now they're coming here to save us. You know, that ought to alert the church. And I'm so thankful that this church stands on the word of God. The word of God. The sword of God. We stand on the risen Savior. The word that became flesh. And I'm so thankful that Pastor Mark preaches the word from this pulpit every Sunday. And we've had godly ministers come into this church over the decades and preach the word of God. And we need to remember that each and every one. This is, the word of God is not a Sunday thing. The word of God should be with you everywhere you go. But I realize it can be a struggle at times. The disciples walked with Christ and they kept asking, who is this guy? But what was amazing about the disciples was once they were talking about fear and, 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 ang and anguish when Jesus died. They, had, they just couldn't comprehend what he was saying to them. But when he died on the cross... And they put him in the grave. They hid in a room. They, they gathered, what do we do now? And Jesus appeared to them. 
And we know he did because there were over 500 witnesses that Jesus walked this earth after he was raised from the dead. That'll work in about any court in the land. Well, maybe not our court system these days, but, but he walked with them. And then when Pentecost came and fire came down and rested on them, and, and they got lit up with the fire of Jesus Christ, they feared no more. To the point of death, many of them, to the point of death, they feared no more. Now, Jesus is not asking us to die for him. Because he's already done that. But he wants us to live and share the gospel news. To share the gospel news. He wants us to rest in him. And I know that many of you have gone through a lot in the last few years. And it is my hope and prayer that as you go into 2024, that you will rest on the word of God. The Savior who became flesh that was the word because it's so important that each of us remember that that we walk in that comfort and that blessing every day because I don't know how else you get through the day in this world we live in about resting in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and I'm going to ask the praise team to come on up as they prepare to close us out. I just want you to know that. There is someone you can rest in. He's the Christ. The risen Savior. And there's nowhere else. No other religion you can get that from. He is the risen Savior. I'm sure that as Andrew has traveled around the world, I miss you has traveled around the world, they have seen all types of gods that were created, handmade, that people pray to and believe in. We don't have a handmade God. We have the Creator, the Lord, Savior Jesus Christ, to lean upon, the Creator of everything. And he is the word, and we can believe the word. We can trust the word. Let's bow and pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word, dear Lord. And I hope today, as we leave this place, as we come close to the end of this, as we come to the end of this year, dear Lord, that we can leave 2023 behind us, dear Lord, and the, the decades of anguish and trouble and and grief and sadness, dear Lord, I pray that we can leave it behind us and rest in your peace and your understanding, Lord. And Lord, I just ask that as they end the service with a song, dear Lord, that if there's someone in this church body today, dear Lord, that needs to give their life to you. They won't need another day, dear Lord. They would lean upon you. If there's someone in the church today that is, is needing to find that rest and that comfort, Lord, 
If they know someone, dear Lord, that is needing to rest in you, dear Lord. I pray they would come forward to the altar and they would seek your face, dear Lord. And they would take that yoke that you have promised them to take that burden off of them, dear Lord. Well, I just ask that you would be with each one of us here, dear Lord. And dear Lord, I just pray, Lord, that no one would leave today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior. And Lord, I pray that there are many burdens to be had, Lord. But just once again, I pray that if there's someone here that is just struggling, that Lord, they would come down to the front of the altar and put those burdens and lay them at your feet, Lord. And I pray this at your son's name, the word that became flesh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Come now as the praise team sings. <laughs>